It's rude to barge into one's office unannounced. This isn't your office. <laughs> Guess again. Ruby? She's my prized pet. What are you doing with her? I paid. Sid delivered. And where is Sid? Sid's out. This parlor and Ord Mantell are now my territory. But if you're looking for work, I might have use for you. We'll think about it. You do that. Bucketheads, welcome back to Bad Batch Friday. Mavar Tigar, welcome to the 75th Spice Stealing episode of Mandovision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is via social media at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. Email the show at MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. If possible, so inclined, and on Apple Podcast, we really appreciate those sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. They do a lot. They really help small independent shows like us stand out, not get lost in that sea of, of podcasts out there, the, the, the complete deluge of podcasts that exist on the internet. Those five-star reviews help us stand out and, and help people find us. We appreciate it so, so very, very much. So we are back. It is Bad Batch Friday. We're here for Season 1, Episode 13, Infested. And, uh, yeah, this is an interesting episode. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit... Well, you know what? I'll talk about it now as, as, as sort of like the preamble for the, for the, for the show uh, so that when we get to this, the show proper, you know, we can just dive into the episode itself and we don't have to worry about my side tangents. Um, I was a little uh, surprised by this episode uh, because I thought for sure we were going to get a, a, an escalation of, of things, uh, you know, more direct consequences from the Batch's involvement on Ryloth in, in last week's episode, in the, in the two-parter, basically, uh, from Ryloth, centering around the Sandula family. Uh, that we didn't have that this week, like I said, that was a surprise to me. I was a little a little thrown off by that at first. Um, and, I, you know, maybe that's... Some, I think that's definitely my own fault, uh, because I sort of had maybe convinced myself that it's like, oh, these final four episodes, we're really going to start ratcheting up the tension and, and, and building towards... Uh, the season one finale here, where you know brother versus brother, you know, with Crosshair on on the side of the Imperials and the Batch, uh, you know, just kind of on their own side for the for the moment, and then you know maybe it, it it would be forcing the Batch to choose a side, and you know that may be still where we end up, but that ratcheting up of the tension didn't come this week, and again I don't that's that's on me for thinking that it was it was going to be that way, so I'm not disappointed in this episode at all. I actually really enjoyed this episode. Uh, much like some of the other episodes we've, we've talked about, uh, I've really begun to enjoy reading people's reviews <laughs> of the episodes. And uh, the negative reviews in particular are my favorite. The, the ones that, that, that call the, the show, you know, filler episodes, side missions, and, and stuff like that. And, 
You know, I've defended the, the I've defended side mission episodes in the past, and I will continue to defend them because uh, they, they are uh, important experience gathering episodes for these characters. Much like when you play a role playing game on your uh, play, PlayStation or your, your Xbox or whatever it is. I mean, or tabletop game. If you're a tabletop gamer, cool. Cool, but you know how it is. Sometimes you gotta do the side quest, build up that experience, so you can do cooler things down the road. And that's that's sort of what this episode is. That's sort of what a lot of the the, the side episodes of the Bad Batch are. The ones that aren't super deep in the mythology. Uh, and I don't think that is a disservice to them or to Star Wars, and by any means, um, I think you have to explore some of these things. And these characters uh, are in a very unique position. You know, remember the the Bad Batch. All they really know is the Republic and the war. And now they're in a situation where they are no longer part of the Republic. The Republic has become the Empire, and they are on the outs. Uh, and, and the war is over. Uh, everything is changing around them, and they, they still haven't figured out their place yet. So episodes like this, I think, are important so that when they make the decision that they will ultimately make, whether whatever it turns out to be, uh, it, it's an informed decision based on their past experiences. So these episodes in particular, these ones that, that a lot of people consider to be filler or, or, or you know, stuff like that, um, no. They're, they're important for these characters. Um, and in the, in, the, in the case, I, we'll talk about it more in, when we get to the show proper, but yeah, they are important episodes. Not as far as like the mythology goes, but they, they build. These are the episodes you build on, Okay. You know, we look back at the Clone Wars now, we think about the Clone Wars so fondly. And, uh, you know, a lot of the criticism of the Clone Wars when they were coming out was stuff like this. It's like, oh, this seems like, you know, side stuff. This seems like not that important. Um, but they were building their own mythology within the Star Wars mythology. And I think that that's, that is exactly what the Bad Batch is doing in this new era, uh, which has not been documented by a film at all. This, this Well, very rarely. The You know, we've not had anything this immediate after the uh, Revenge of the Sith film. You know, this is this is the transition period. We haven't really covered this. Any other films we've seen, they've they've been the the Empire is very much established. You know, whether it's in Solo or Episodes four or five and six, um, and and obviously Rogue One. So, this is a whole new world building experience. So, I I hope you guys are. I I, I suspect that this audience. Uh, is aware of that and, and, and appreciates these episodes for for exactly what they are, which is which is world building and and character building, and again, it's maybe it doesn't seem like it right now. I think we will we will get a payoff for that down the road. These things will, uh, the 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 ducks will line up in a row. I think at, at the end of the day. So, uh, yeah, that's where I that's where I feel that's how I feel about this episode in a broad sense. But let's get into the episode proper. Let's break down this episode, and yeah, really really try try to break it apart. I don't think I want to do too many audio clips today, uh, because uh, I don't think I need to. It's it's a fairly straightforward action-based episode. But yeah, there will still be a couple. Don't worry. I can't, I can't not play audio clips. I mean, come on, what are we talking about here? It's it's the Mandavision podcast. We are all about incorporating the audio clips into this into the show. All right, so let's do it. Let's get it, let's get it, let's begin it proper. You know what to do. It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. We're getting off old mental. Tech, prep the ship. The rest of us will gather supplies. But what about Sid? What did he mean when he said she was out? Given his tone, it is a plausible assumption that Sid was either forced out or taken out. Well, we have to find her and help her. <clears throat> nice to see one of you cares. Inside, now. 
Alright, as we said, this is Season 1, Episode 13 of Star Wars The Bad Batch. The episode is entitled, Infested. The original air date is today, July 23rd, 2021. Our plot for this episode, a Devronian named Roland Durand uh, is on Ord Mantel, has kicked Sid out, assumed her, her parlor, and her place in the criminal underworld of Ord Mantel. And the Bad Batch finds him, and uh, yeah, they're surprised by that. <laughs> But Sid has a plan to take everything back, and it does require the Bad Batch's help. So there's our episode plot. This week's episode is directed by Sal Ruiz. It's written by Amanda Rose Munoz. And the story editor is, once again, Matt Meshnovitz. Our voice cast today, the incredible, the one, the only, Dee Bradley Baker is the Bad Batch. Michelle Ang is Omega. Liam O'Brien is Bolo and P- the Pike. Rhea Perlman is Sid. And Sam Rigel is Catch and Masked Guard number one. And of course, we also have Tom Taylorson as Masked Guard number two. And more importantly, as Roland Durand, the Dravronian who uh, seeks to usurp Sid's place in the uh, underworld hierarchy of Ord Mantell. So yeah, and that's where we start off with this week's episode. The Batch returns to Ord Mantell from a mission that we don't find out much about other than uh, there was a nest of Gundarks. We are very familiar with Gundarks. We've met someone in Star Wars The Clone Wars. They've been referenced for a long, long time in Star Wars. So yeah, we know about all about the Gundarks and how of a serious threat they are. And there's a fun little mention of how uh, how Sid forgets to mention some of these details sometimes when it comes to their, their missions and their assignments that they take from her. Uh, but they're on their way back to the bar. They get back to the bar and they find things are very, very different, especially on their way back even. They, they notice the Master Guards all around the city. And yeah... They find Roland Durand in the office. They find that Sid has been replaced, and they don't seem to like that very much. They, you know, it, it, they've always sort of had an uneasy uh, relationship with Sid, uh, but the, the, they don't seem to have, want to have anything to do with Roland Durand. They don't know, they don't know him. They, don't, they can't possibly trust him. You know, Sid, at the very least, was going to keep their secrets, so their first plan is to cut and run and get out of there. Uh, but no, no, no. Omega will not allow that. Omega again steps up her her sort of uh, enthusiasm and and and, and good naturedness. Uh, once again, persuades the Batch and Hunter that they have to help Sid uh, get rid of Duran and get her place back uh, because a Sid is 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 taking care of them, um, and b like Sid and Omega seem to have a bit of a of of a if not a friendship, at least a, a connection with each other in a way. Maybe a mutual respect for one another. Uh, I think the big thing with this episode is, is you know, especially from our last Ryloth episode and some of the other uh, episodes that have been quote-unquote dubbed side episodes, uh, this is this is teaching the Batch more about the galaxy that they, they now find themselves in and how they, how in, how they have to go about carving themselves a place in it. And Omega is the one who is, is very much stressing the fact that you have to help people who need help, and you can't just, uh, uh, you know, like you can't just say Sid is a bad person because she does these kind of like shady, seedy underworld dealings. Like Sid's still a person who needs help, and Sid is a person who has helped us in the past. We have to help her. So I, I, I think that's the big thing to, uh, del- to distinguish this episode from last week when Omega was like, "Hey, we have to help the Sindulas." Because these are good people who have been wronged by the Empire, you know. I, I I feel like at this like right now at this moment, Omega is teaching the Bad Batch, uh, teaching Clone Force ninety nine, that that people in need from all walks of life are still people in need, 
And as long as they aren't, I, I, I think I think there will be a moral quandary at some point down the road, you know, and perhaps it will come from Sid, who will ask the Bad Batch to do something that they find morally objectionable, uh, and that will be an interesting episode when it comes. But th- but thus far, uh, Sid has not put them in, in that position, perhaps by choice, knowing that they would object to anything uh, nefarious or anything that involved, um, um, you know, helping in a, a murderer escape the authorities or something along those lines. You know, again, the the batch has done some shady stuff. They've been running guns to they were running guns to uh, the the Twi'leks and Ryloth. So I mean, again, they're kind of on the fringes themselves. So I I think Omega seeing them take this sort of uh, this strange uh, high ground, like oh we we're not going to help Sid because. Well, you know, that's just not going to work for us. Um, she's helping them be more selfless. And I think that's the, the most important thing we have to take from this episode. And, and keep that in mind, <laughs> because it is important. So Sid has a plan to, dispose, to uh, depose of, of, of Roland Durand to get her place back at the parlor and, and, just, and sort of restore the balance on Ord Mantell. And it, it involves sneaking back into her parlor, into her office, uh, via these underground tunnels in the mines, uh, in a former mine of, of that is beneath the city of Vord Mantell. And it's, it, we'll talk about the mine stuff later, because it's very, very cool. Uh, but her plan involves stealing the spice, because Duran has a deal in place with the Pikes. And the Pikes are a, a people, are a crime syndicate, and people that that we've gotten to know through Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and we, we saw them in in Solo. They ran they ran Kessel. They had a an a uneasy alliance with Crimson Dawn. Uh, but so we know that the Pikes mean business, and again, that's more fully illustrated in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Uh, the Pikes do not mess around. They are very uh, they are a very lethal opponent to go up against. So Sid's plan is to steal the spice from Durand so that when the Pikes come for it, it's not there, and then they will take care of Durand. And then Sid slides right back into her place. All right, I do want to play the clip here for you where Sid kind of lays out who Roland Durand is and, uh, you know, what his... why he's doing what he's doing. So you boys met Roland. He's a former client and the son of crime boss Issa Durand. Roland's trying to make a name for himself by joining up with the Pikes. What's he doing on Ord Mantel? This port's connected to multiple hyperspace routes, ideal for smuggling. My parlor's right in the middle of the action. Roland saw the value in it and took it. Okay, so some valuable information about Duran there, but we still have to know. <laughs> I, I like this second part of the conversation here where uh, Sid's laying out the fact that the batch is going to help. Uh, no matter what, because uh, they sort of have some uh, mutual things here in, in play, and uh, and Sid's not shy about reminding them that Sid's really good at keeping secrets. So I, I did like that little bit of exchange. And then Omega steps up once again to remind them of of, of being good people means you know helping the people who helped you. But we are taking it back. We. If I lose, you lose. Don't forget how good I've been at keeping secrets. I believe she's threatening us. You're quick. When we needed help, we came to Sid, remember? Now she needs help. We can't just walk away. You tell him, Tiny. (sighs) So what's your plan? 
We should also mention, I mean, it was played in the clip earlier in the episode, uh, that, that uh, Roland Durand is the client who wanted to procure Ruby from the earlier episode this season. So kind of coming full circle on that, that plot thread uh, as Omega sort of reconnects with Ruby. And uh, kind of some fun stuff with Ruby there. It's sort of a, use Ruby as a bit of a, you know, kind of like a dog in in a lot of senses. But, you know, let's not go to that strict comparison. Uh, but, you know, very canine-esque qualities in Ruby. But, uh, yeah, fun to see that, that little creature come back into play. And uh, just, just who who that mysterious buyer was looking to procure her. So Sid's plan involves a distraction that lures Durand out of the office so that the Bad Batch can use these mine carts that run underneath the city to sneak back into her office to steal the spice so that the deal with the Pikes goes awry. Durand is presumably killed. We know the Pikes don't screw around. So I think that's that a little vicious of Sid, but uh, uh, maybe understandable too. But the Batch just seems to kind of go along with that part. They don't raise many questions as far as that goes. Uh, but we will get to an interesting turning point with, with that situation at the end of the episode. Uh, I liked this part with the underground mines below the city and having to use the minecarts on manual. I thought that was a nice little touch uh, because this is where the underground hive is going to be. So you got to keep the noise real low. And at this scene we're going to play next, uh, Sid's going to lay that out for the Bad Batch right now. Check this out. Now listen up. When we pass through those doors, not a peep out of anyone. We don't want to wake the hive. The what? The caverns have a slight infestation problem. <laughs> We're not afraid of a few bugs. Well, it won't be a problem if everyone keeps their traps shut. Big guy, get the door. Alright, so they're going to open the hatch, and they're going to take the mine carts through this dangerous section of the mines where the, uh, the Earlings uh, have, have laid their infestation. They've built their, their hive, their, their nesting place, if you will. And uh, it's, it's sort of, it, the scene reminds me of a couple different things. You know, with the rail cars, it sort of has a Temple of Doom vibe to it. Although nothing like Temple, nothing like this actually has a Temple of Doom. It just kind of reminds me of it in, in a very broad sense. Uh, but it also reminded me very much of Lord of the Rings when they're in, uh, when they're in the mountain and they're trying not to, to uh, alert the goblins to their presence. And there's that sort of, you know, you want to go around, you're trying to be quiet. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, in, the, in that film, you know, Pip and Mary send the bucket down the well, and that, that alerts all the, all the trolls and goblins and all the other creatures inhabiting the mountain that they're there. Uh, there's sort of a scene sort of like that, too, where Wrecker drops his flashlight, and it sort of stirs the pot necessarily but it's not until later on in the episode when the batch is making their escape from duran's office uh that the hive is really alerted because duran's security forces pursue in mine carts of their own but they use the motors and the noise and the blaster fire and all the collisions yeah that definitely alerts the hive to to their presence as the batch is attempting to recover all the spice and pull it up in their ship so the other part of Sid's plan, the part that is about luring Durant out of the office so that they can sneak in and steal the spice, is to use Bolo and Ketch as a diversion. And that diversion involves uh, dropping some Mantel mix on the floor and, and having Ruby follow after it, snacking, getting those, those, those kernels of Mantel mix. 
and following Bolo and Catch out into the alley so they, they can uh, sort of kidnap Ruby and, and cause the diversion to, to occupy Duran's time. Uh, as a uh, pet owner who uh, loves his pets, I don't care. I don't care for this particular plan. <laughs> and when when uh when Ruby is does escape, uh and makes his way makes her way back to Durand, I did I did appreciate the line where he's like, "Oh yes, we're going to kill them. Don't worry." Uh, because as a pet owner, I would feel much the same way as Durand. So I I I understand where he's coming from with uh yeah wanting to kill Bolo and catch for uh, attempted Ruby napping. You know, so I I definitely get it. I understand where they're coming from. But at this point, it worked, though. The batch is made off with the spice. Uh, Durand has figured that out, though. He knows that Sid's responsible for it. And he's, uh, again, his men capture Bolo and catch. They, you know, come on, these guys, they don't have any, any sort of uh, integrity here. They're not going to, they're trying to save their own skin. So they, they're like, yeah, it's Sid's plan. It was all Sid's plan. It was just a diversion. We were never going to hurt Ruby. Please don't kill us. Uh, but that is when the Pikes show up, and I did want to play that section of the episode. Check this out, because the Pikes mean business, and uh, they have no time for Durand, who makes a lot of threats against the Pikes, and that's not going to be nice. Where is our payment? The shipment was stolen. You'll get your money, but I need more time. We did not come to hear excuses. If you cannot deliver as promised, you are of no further use to us. I said you'll get your money. I suggest you go back to Obadiah and wait. You are out of your depth, Durand. Either you correct this grave mistake, or you and your entire family will experience what pain truly feels like. Big threats from the Pikes. Duran knows the jig is up, and uh, I think he considers himself lucky that they didn't just, you know, kill him right then and there. Uh, when we're gonna find him next, he will be uh, being led out of the parlor by the Pikes in in restraints, uh, where he wastes um, no time exposing Sid as the one who stole the spice. And we'll go ahead and play that sequence right now. That's her. She's the one you want. It has come to my attention that you have stolen our shipment of spice. Return it to us, and we will consider this issue resolved. Not sure what he's been telling you, but we don't have any spice. Kill them all. Wait, we don't have the spice on us, but we know where it is. My patience is wearing very thin. If you know where the spice is, then you should have no problem retrieving it. I really like the Pikes as villains. They are so uh, intimidating uh, with their general look and their the way their their voice modulators work. And you'd think Hunter would take their their threats a little bit more seriously. But yeah, again, Clone Force ninety nine is quite formidable. So I think they think they can win this fight. I do like uh, the sequence that comes up next and how uh, Sid eventually has to talk Hunter and the and the batch down. From, from engaging in an armed conflict against the Pikes and what that really would mean in the long term. Check it out. Until you do, the child stays here. Not happening. You misunderstand. This is not a negotiation. If I may. 
You all don't realize who you're dealing with. If you don't lower your blasters, we're all gonna wish we were dead. Let me handle this. And real quick before we talk about this back half of the episode, uh, I did want to play this little sequence where uh, they're, the Batch and Sid are coming up with a plan to recover the spice from the from the the mines after they were lost during the during the pursuit with uh, with with Duran's men. And this is where uh, Sid steps up because uh, she knows she got Omega in, in a bit of trouble here, and she's not gonna sit idly by while the kids uh, in in danger with the Pikes. Muscles and I will rappel down into the cavern and locate the crates. I got the kid into this mess, and I'll get her out. All right, there you go. So that's going to set up this last bit of the episode. Uh, there's some other good stuff coming up here where Omega and Durand begin to uh, sort of... Uh, I, I, I don't want to use the word bond. It's not right, but they they, they begin to have a dialogue, and... Yeah, begin to have an understanding of one another, and and uh, I think we may be playing that sequence here in just a second. Don't try it. They'll kill you. If your friends don't return the spice, we're both dead. That's what happens when you meddle in other people's business. Ass, you're the one who took Sid's pallet from her. You take what you want. That's the Durand way. It's a tactic my mother's perfected. So she's a criminal, too? Ugh, you make it sound so undignified. <laughs> if she saw me now. And here comes Ruby to sort of cement the fact that maybe Durand should uh, like and maybe trust Omega a little bit because of uh, the way Ruby connects with her. <sighs> Ruby doesn't take a liking to many people. Don't worry, Ruby. We'll get out of this. Alright, so let's get back to the batch, because I do have one interesting kind of... I, I This is an observation. I don't know if I'm way off base here. I don't know... You know, I've watched the episode at least twice now, and I don't know if I missed it both times. I'm very curious about how this mine is set up and how it's all structured, because, you know, at the beginning of the episode, when they're first going to the mine, and they're going to go underground to get to those mine carts, uh, it seemed like they were fairly close to the spaceport when they do that, and they get those mine carts. And again, they're just going to Sid's office. Uh, I don't know if they have to take a, like kind of like a, a a roundabout sort of way to get there. You know, you kind of go out of the city and you loop back around, and then it comes back uh, underneath Sid's uh, uh, office that way. You know, I, I think in my mind, it would have been a more direct sort of thing. But again, I don't know how this mine rail system is set up. Uh, so when the Batch gets on their ship and they're going to go out to where the where the hive is... And, and recover the spice containers, um, they're way out there, you know, where this giant crevice is and where this infestation is is, is uh, inhabiting and, and taking root in Ormantel. Uh, I, I don't know, again, I, maybe I missed a piece of dialogue, and if there's something in there that I did miss, by all means, you know, reach out, let me know what I missed, and you know, help me connect those dots. But yeah, they flew way the heck out there to get to that, that crevasse. Uh, where they could where they could access the hive and recover the spice, uh, yeah. And again, as as we would expect, the infestation uh, attacks the the Erlings attack, uh, making it a tad more difficult for the batch to recover the spice. But you know they do, and and Sid and Wrecker do a great job uh, recovering that spice because that's their mission. The mission will be accomplished, and uh, uh, Tech is able to put together like a light bomb because the Erlings are very light sensitive. So that was uh, 
a really rather ingenious creation of his on the fly that will help his friends immensely. So let's check out the returning of the spice to the Pike Syndicate and how this all shakes out in these final moments for Durand and uh, Omega. Since the spice has been returned, the matter between us is resolved. But not with you. They're pointing to Durand. Omega and Ruby go back to uh, Hunter. Don't! He made a mistake, that's all. She's right. Kill him and you'll be starting a war with Issa Durand. Do you want that heat right now? Call this a bad deal and walk away. We do not accept bad deals. Alright, so what you, what you heard right there, and again, you probably saw the episode already, but in case you didn't, uh, the pike cuts off one of Duran's horns. Remember, he is a Devronian. I forget if we... I may have glossed over that at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, Roland Durand, a Devronian. They have the two horns. Uh, Devronians, uh, and again, another one of my favorite species in Star Wars. I really uh, dig their their whole thing they got going on. And there have been some really fun Devronians uh, in in the in the multiverse of canon. Not the multiverse, but in the multitude of canon that, that has been out there. Uh, particularly in the old Star Wars, uh, the Clone Wars comic book. Uh, that Dark Horse was putting out at the time. There was a great Devronian character in that. Uh, kind of a smuggler, piratey kind of guy. Fun, fun character who would pop up the way kind of like uh, the way Hondo sort of popped up in the Clone Wars animated series. So yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the, the, the uh, Devronians in general. So I liked seeing them in this episode. Good stuff. All right, let's check out the last little end piece of uh, of it as, they, as the Pike pick up uh, the little tip of uh, Duran's horn. Our business is finished. It would not be wise for our paths to cross again. And now Durand will address Omega. Are you okay? It's a small price to pay. Ruby goes back to Durand. I'll be going now. No Come on, boys. First round's on me. <laughs> you owe us way more than that. Don't push your luck. And they all run off to get drinks. Except for Hunter and Omega. Why did you stick up for him after what he did? I don't know. Ruby likes him. Maybe he's not all bad. All right, and there's, there's our episode. That's the Bad Batch for this week. And again, I think that's an important lesson for Hunter to learn. Uh, you know, that, again, uh, even uh, even the person that you're working against who may have wronged you uh, maybe doesn't necessarily deserve to die uh, because of their actions. Maybe they're just being misguided or misdirected. You know, and I think in the case of, of Roland, uh, he's trying very hard to... Uh, do what he would expect, what his mother expects him to do, and and to live up to that expectation and that 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 role that she probably has uh, him sized up for. That maybe he can't fit. You know, maybe those shoes don't fit as comfortably as as uh, she wants them to, or, or maybe as as much as he wants them to. Uh, so an interesting moment. And again, I think this episode is important for for Hunter 
uh, as, as the batch again, the batch doesn't have a, a, a set role yet. You know, they're running these 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 missions and these these uh, you know, kind of seedy shady things for for Sid uh, because it's paying the bills and it's keeping them off the radar and keeping Omega safe. Uh, but I don't think this is a long-term solution for them, and I think Hunter's aware of that. But they haven't quite figured out who they want to be in this new empire, and in this new imperial-ruled galaxy, I should say. Uh, and Omega is sort of teaching them that uh, the universe, you know, it isn't black and white. There's a lot of gray in there, and you kind of have to take these things one at a time and process them one at a time, case by case, person by person. And, and make your determinations that way. And, uh, you know, it seems to be another, another aspect uh, that, uh, that Omega will be bringing to the squad herself as, as a member of, of Clone Force 99. Is not only is she a, a cunning strategist, uh, but she seems to be uh, the moral compass that, that the Batch needs. And I think it will ultimately be, be uh, Omega who, who pushes them to be sort of a pre-rebellion rebellion, if you will. Uh, let, let's see where they're gonna go, but yeah, this week's episode. I again, I like it. It's maybe a seven and a half on the scale, but it's it's a totally watchable, totally enjoyable episode. There's little nuggets here, little wonderful character things in there. Sid does a lot. Sid steps up, does some good stuff to help Omega, the one person who was defending her. She returns the favor. That's nice to see from her. And yeah, I have to wonder though if, if next week is the week where things that that tension ratchets up. Crosshair gets more into, involved in the picture. Perhaps luring the batch into a trap, and then we have a big three-episode arc to close up the season. Not quite sure, but I don't want to put those expectations on it because, like I said, I, when I started up this episode, I was a little like, "Oh, all right, we're not we're not doing up the ratcheting up the tension this week." Uh, so I, I got to keep myself even, even Steven across the board, and I hope you guys, you all, all you wonderful listeners out there, will do the same thing, and just take the episode week by week. And let's not get our expectations uh, too much in the mix here. Let's let's take them as they come, much like uh, Omega is teaching Hunter, case by case, person by person. For us, it's episode by episode. We just take them one at a time, process them, and and see what we can learn from them, as the way the batch is learning from them. And and that's the best way I think we can all enjoy the show without resorting to calling it filler or side quests or any sort of other. Uh, uh, demeaning, derogatory sort of terminology that I don't think it fits at all for the show. So that is it. That is the episode. I thank you all so much for listening to Mandavision Podcast. A, a We are a Star Wars podcast, and uh, yeah, we're having a great time here. We're so happy that people are listening and checking out the show, and I can't thank you enough for doing so. The, the easiest way you can support the show is to uh, make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert, uh, people you have uh, life debts to, people who have life debts to you, blood feuds, blood enemies, sworn uh, vendettas, let them all know that there's a fun Star Wars podcast out there for them, and it's called Mandovision. Uh, another easy way to support the show, five-star reviews, so insanely important, uh, so helpful for small independent shows like us, making sure we stand out, not get lost in the shuffle, and we thank you so much for taking the time to do those. Remember to be, reach out to us on social media at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. My name is Tom, Nargai Tom. Thank you so much for listening to the MandoVision podcast. We will be back on Monday, closing out the Mandalorian trilogy of season two with Duchess of Mandalore, a fantastic episode that I spend way too much time talking about. It's a really good one, though. I loved this episode. And, uh, yeah, Clone Wars Rewatch Mondays 
and three more Bad Batch Fridays coming your way. We will not stop. We will not sleep. There is so much content to devour, and we must devour it all. And uh, I, I know I've promised to talk more about the High Republic books. I am reading uh, uh, Kevin Scott's new one right now. I'm really, really enjoying it. And uh, hopefully after the Bad Batch, we'll get a chance to kind of catch up on what's going on in the High Republic series and, and talk more about that in, in, in some greater depth in a future episode. So stay tuned for that. All right, thank you all so much for listening. You know there's only one way the Mandivision podcast can end. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs>